This song was originally written for people like me, but people unlike me are actually valuing it too. You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name is Elle. And I'm Jay. And you are listening to The New Leaf Project. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. We have got a very interesting episode. Jared, why don't you tell us all about it? Well, this is the first episode that has a song in it. First for The New Leaf Network. And it's brought to you by uh, one of my friends in Saskatoon. He's planting a church called Riversdale Neighbors Church. And about a year ago, he started reading the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report. So that's something that was put out by the Canadian little government. little light reading on a... A little light reading. And he was actually just reading the executive summary, which I think was like 400 pages long. There is This is a massive work, and the church really needs to pay attention because the church was involved mm-hmm. and we need to learn from our history and we need to to do some thinking and acknowledge the role that we played so anyway daryl took this facebook challenge to read the executive summary and he is the only person i think on planet earth that i know <laughs> that can write a song about an executive summary anyway he writes this song and it's really taken on a life of its own hmm. so I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler uh, um, in that uh, we're going to play the song at the end of the episode, at the end of the interview, and you're going to hear all kinds of song uh, sounds in it that, that might not make sense to you what's going on in the context. But basically, here's what was happening. Um, I had just gotten off an airplane, and Daryl was really excited because he was playing, uh, playing his song as part of the Indigenous Ensemble presentation to public schools in Saskatoon and it was the parents night and the room is filled so we're in a theater in in Aiden Bowman High School in Saskatoon and it is a night of song it's a night of dancing storytelling it was just it was so powerful and I was there with my little recording outfit set up and at the end Daryl comes out and he starts singing the song about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And he'd allowed so many people to uh, into the process, the songwriting process. And he begins performing it. And then slowly, people start walking out onto the stage and they're joining him. And it is, you can't see it um, other than I'm going to publish some pictures uh, as part of the show notes. But... Um, you can hear it in the audio. People are walking and they've got bells on their feet as part of their, their uh, the, the, the traditional dance. Uh, uh, they use bells as part of that. And uh, there are tap dancers. There are storytellers. There, it, mm. it is such a visual feast. But it's also, I think, an auditory feast. So listen to this one with your headphones in because there's a lot of cool stereo stuff that happens. Uh and, and Daryl sings a song and, and it ends with, this is not my story, this is ours. Mm-hmm. It's such a powerful thought. I love the way that art can, can break down barriers and bring people together. And so there's a little treat at the end of this episode. You get to listen to Daryl's song. We'll also publish uh, the lyrics on, on the show notes because they are a little bit hard to hear and they are 
incredibly powerful. So listen to the story about somebody out there who had a little idea. He took it seriously. He wrote his song. He shared it with the world. He started something new and it's just taking off. So give it a listen. Check it out. This is Daryl Doslot talking about his song. Hello, everybody. I'm Jared Siebert, and I'm here with my friend and uh, pastor, Daryl Dosla. He's the planter of the Riversdale Neighbors Church here in the city of Saskatoon. And today we're going to be doing something we've never done before, and that is we're going to be talking about a song. So um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit to Daryl about where this song came from, because it's a song that's basically taken on a life of its own. So Daryl, why don't you start with where this song actually began? It began sometime last year. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, on Facebook, I accepted a challenge to read the truth and reconciliation commission summary, um, uh, by the end of July or something like that. So that was a big challenge last year because it's a 400 page report. And you know, we have some listeners who are from the U.S., and so they might not know what the Canadian Truth and Reconciliation process and, and report was. So can you fill us in a little bit sure. on, on what that was about? So it's, it's a summary. It's an executive summary, if you can imagine a 400-page executive summary <laughs> um, that, that brings, brings edited highlights of a larger body of work that was, that was gathered as the Canadian government recognized... Uh, in 2008, that a series of, of stories like this needed to be compiled, that uh, an apology on the part of our prime minister at the time wasn't enough to address the problem that had been created by residential schools in Canada. And uh, So what is a residential school, for those yeah, of us who don't know? Yeah, residential schools, uh, first of all, thank God they don't exist anymore in Canada. But uh, The last ones were closed in the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what, what it was, was it was, uh, it was an effort by the Canadian government to create a more unified Canada by essentially wiping out the culture of the indigenous peoples of the country, wiping out the religion, wiping out the language, uh, removing children from their homes so that they were raised in a, uh, a more European colonial kind of a way. And, uh, and the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission summary tells the stories of these kids. Um, some of them are the stories of survivors. Some of them are the stories of children who didn't survive. It's, an, it's alarming to read these little bits where these, these comments are made about, how, about the percentage of kids who died while they were at school. And, and just, you know, it's, it's just a heartbreaking read. It, it's very, very difficult because you're talking about stories where, where kids died of tuberculosis. Right. They died of all kinds of horrible, in horrible ways. And fires because the buildings mm-hmm. weren't, you know, weren't safe. And, yeah. And stories of sexual abuse and physical abuse and just the horror of being taken from your family by force. So this is... This is a dark part of Canadian history. It's not one that I actually learned about in school. No, me neither. And, and so this is, 
I grew up in it. I grew up in a town that had a residential school in it. Um, it had closed by the time I grew up, but it, but there was no mention made as I was growing up that oh by the way just just over the river, by the hill there there's there's this this building and this is what it used to be. So what's interesting about a guy like you? You are an artist at heart, and when you read a, a massive piece of of uh, literature like this that has these dark stories in it, I mean your first impulse is to, well, what, what did you do? Right. I mean, Facebook was supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet I found myself, you know, accepting this challenge. As, as a Canadian, I thought, this is the right thing to do. I should know our country's story. And I read this thing, and, and I just, I found myself so upset by this aspect of the Canadian story that was kept from us. Uh, as we were growing up, well, as an artist, you're you're always in conversation with the universe, and it seems like when things, pre- ideas, problems, whatever, present themselves, you reply, and and for me, I tend to pull out my notebook and scribble my ideas down, and uh, then try and kind of shape them into songs or something like that later. And usually, it's a song. Sometimes it's a good song. <laughs> Well, in this case, it's a song that's actually taken on a life of its own. So you've completed the song. What happens? Where does the song take you next? I preached a sermon. Oh, you did? <laughs> As preachers often do. <laughs> yeah, I had an opportunity to, to uh, preach on Proverbs 31, and, uh, and it seemed like a good place in that section that deals with the voice of the voiceless. It seemed like a good place to use my voice to share this piece of our story, our Canadian story, with uh, with a room full of people uh, in in a context like that, and uh, and then I kind of thought that, that I, I was done. You know, I figured, you know, it's not like we were saying earlier when we were just chatting. It's it's not the kind of song you just pull out around a campfire in the backyard or, and, or at a worship service. And, and often that's the, you write worship songs that we sing at church on sure. a regular basis. And, and so it's pretty natural for you to, to take an idea or a thought or, you know, something that's going on in, in your, in your scripture reading and to put, put that into a, a song and then we sing it. And it's a, it's a regular part of our lives, but I remember that sermon and I remember that song and, uh, that's not what it's for. It it's very dark. It's very emotional. Um, it's very honest. It's very raw. Um, and what I respected about it is you didn't try to explain somebody else's story. This is a this is a story about your experience. So you're not you're not trying to make sense of Canadian history for other people. You're trying to make sense of your own history. Uh, and it was a it was a very powerful uh, powerful moment, and and you actually have a, a recording from that. that yeah, moment. yeah, was, that was that's that's the nice thing about about uh, speaking at a place that that records those conversations. <laughs> you can access it later. Uh, yeah, there, you know there was there was this there, there is this idea in the song that 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 seems to that seems to be something to grapple with, and that is that this is not my story but it's our story what do we do with that what what does reconciliation even mean if if we've got this vast gap between peoples Mm -hmm. um 
you know, the best thing I as an artist can do is stretch out my hand and hope that there's another hand that meets it and we, we engage in a handshake. But you don't really know what that handshake's going to even feel like until the other hand grasps yours. So that's what's interesting is that, that your, your story, uh, we're just in the middle of summer and you've, you've preached and you've played the song to an audience that isn't First Nations. Right. And the song kind of just goes quiet for a couple of months. Yeah, and then I, I, I was given at Christmas time, I was given Gordon Downey's Secret Path album and graphic novel as, as a Christmas gift. My wife uh, listened to my son who, who suggested it. And so give us some background on what that, what that album actually is. Sure. So Gordon Downey is the, the lead singer of The Tragically Hip, and he probably was dealing with the same similar emotions that I was dealing with. And Mm -hmm. as an artist, he wrote, he wrote something powerful. He wrote the story of a young first nations kid who actually died, um, trying to escape his residential school. And, and there are a number of those kinds of stories. So many of them of, of young people trying to escape, uh, and, and they die of exposure. They, They don't quite make it. Yeah, yeah, it's and horrendous. It, yeah, and the and the I mean, I remember listening to the record and reading the graphic novel. It's it's a nice experience to have together. Scroll ahead a, a month or so, and I was in a room full of school teachers, and I was kind of curious as to what they, as music teachers of kids, so we just need to fill in a, in a missing piece. You're not just the pastor at oh, Riversdale yeah. Neighbors Church. You're no. actually a school teacher uh, uh, during the day. Right, the the, the playful, yeah, the playful yeah. phrase we use is bivocational. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, I was with my colleagues, and, and you're a music teacher, a yeah. primary music. Yeah, teacher. I teach, <laughs> I teach grade ones. It's incidentally, this isn't a song that I've brought to them either. Well, that's <laughs> congratulations on your judgment, discernment. Though. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. gift. Um, so, so uh, I was I was talking with these t- these teachers, and one of them. Uh, mentioned uh, an online video of uh, Gordon Downey as he was, uh, I hope I've got this right, as he was brought in as an honorary Indigenous person mm-hmm. in Canada. He was he given was, a name. He was given a spiritual name, and uh, he, was, he was prayed over uh, in song, and you know, as he faced all four directions, it was turned by the person officiating. And... And uh, one of the teachers said, I think that's Donnie Spidell in the video. And I hadn't watched the video. I, I noticed it on my feed. Went, oh, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's really cool. But I didn't watch it because I figured I knew what was on there. Um, but I had actually, I, I had been in a, a sweat lodge ceremony with this, this Don fellow on his birthday, which was fun. Um, and he had come to my school last year uh, and taught, took the kids through a drum circle and things like that. And so... Um, I had this idea as I was watching this video and recognizing this fellow, I was thinking, I wonder if this song that I've written would be useful in some way to him. Because I've always felt like this song seemed to be bigger than my hands. It Mm. seemed to be larger than the circles I turn in. And so I sent him an email. He, he, uh, he works with our school division. Um, and uh, so I, I, I kind of predicted his email address, 
and uh, sent a note. And he replied right away. And and uh, so we and, began and a conversation. That's what's interesting about that. It's a very Saskatoon story. Um, so for people that don't know much about Saskatoon, one of its uh, major features is that we have a large off-reserve First Nations population. Um, and uh, that's something that makes this city very unique in the Canadian Canadian context. There's only a handful of other cities that are like that like it in that yeah, way. Yeah, the percentages are incredible. Mm-hmm. And and uh, in the neighborhood we're we're having this conversation in right now, uh, we were just a few blocks away from sort of ground zero of the Idle No More mm-hmm. movement that was, uh, uh, you know, carried itself through a couple of years ago, um, and you know, lots of the. Um, there's a lot of energy around the asking for the commission on murdered and missing Aboriginal women. And, and, and that's a, that's a, that's a strong background, not just of this city, but literally the neighborhood you're, you're planting a church in. And it's a major part of the school system. So it's mm-hmm. not surprising uh, that Donnie would be connected, but tell me what happened when you presented this idea. How did, how did he respond? Yeah, I, I sent my email and uh, he responded within 15 minutes. Wow. Like he was like, bam, you know, and because what I didn't know was that uh, he works with the Saskatoon Public Schools Indigenous Ensemble, and they were at work scripting their spring showcase piece. It's it's a larger piece that they do. The, the, the Indigenous Ensemble is an after-school program that allows high school kids who want to get back in touch with uh, their Indigenous cultural roots uh, dances, language, uh, regalia, all that kind of stuff. Um, it allows them to, to uh, be mentored into that. And so it's, it's a pretty exciting program. And they, they do this thing in March. They did it last year and, and this year, I guess they did it two years ago too. But uh, they were scripting it right when my email landed in uh, Donnie's inbox. And interestingly, the, the piece this year is all about transformation and reconciliation is such a transformative piece mm. that Donnie saw something, saw a possibility. He's great. So uh, he and I sat together one afternoon, uh, shortly after my email for about an hour and a half. I had a drum or he had a drum and I had a guitar and I sort of pushed my song around with him and, and he had a million ideas of how this could be appropriated into the show, which was which was really exciting and encouraging for me because I just felt that it it was a song that needed to be heard by more people. And that's interesting um, because I've you, you and I do music together occasionally. We have a couple of creative projects we worked on, some songs we've written together, and it's a very uh, intimate thing, and it, it requires a lot of trust. Right. When you have someone who wants to fiddle with your song and make suggestions how what was that process like for you and 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 how did that change you and how did that change the song oh man yeah you know you used the phrase earlier that the song has kind of taken on a life of its own and it really feels that way it's if anyone who if anyone listening has ever been part of a writer's guild experience it's felt like that except that we were only working on my piece of writing and so, you know, early on, Donnie and I were, were just kind of spitballing ideas. And then a week later, I sat down with a, a drummer 
and uh, singer whose name was Hunter. And he gave me some really valuable insights into where this song, uh, where this song went for him. Now he's, he's, uh, he's of, of mixed lineage. His, uh, I hope I say this right. Uh, his father was first nations and his mother was white. And so he's, he's grown up, uh, you know, he's grown up just embracing, uh, his first nations ship and, uh, and his, and his, is, uh, just really, really good with history, with background. And, uh, he gave me a history lesson when we sat together, but it wasn't a fact history. It was a feeling history. And as I shared that song that I had written with him, which was so personal to me, he's, he said, wow, you know, this thing, this thing resonates with, with who I am as a white person. And it resonates with who I am as a first nations person. He said, but, but I gotta tell you for my people, this this topic is like a huge swamp. It's thick. It's dark. It's murky. And honestly, we we're just dying to get out of the swamp. It's interesting you say that because uh, you know in in um, white people often will say, and I, this is a horrible thing to say, but it is something I've heard said. Why can't you just move on? And what you're saying is this person was asking you to kind of move it along a little bit. Move it along, yeah. Because there are versions of this song that go very dark and, and, and it's almost unrelenting. It's, it's, it, can, it feels unbearable. Yeah, and I think that, I think that because, because Hunter's connection with the material, I mean, I, I've mentioned that how detached I felt from it. Well, his connection was, which was much more involved. And so, so he, uh, he was experiencing those lyrics, uh, in a way that, that I hadn't really imagined them being experienced. And, and, you know, he, he, he said, man, it feels like we, we move into page two and, in, and we're thinking we're just getting out of it. Instead, we've hit a drop off and I'm up to my neck in swamp again. Can we, can we get out of there sooner? Mm. And so, you know, so I, I, uh, I heard that. And I thought, this song was originally written for people like me. But people unlike me are actually valuing it too. And so I think I'm going to take his, take his advice on this and try and make it more accessible for more people. And if that means, if that means not treating it as my precious, then okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and so the whole museum verse went away and the, the deepest, darkest parts of, of the residential school reflections, they went away. And instead we kind of, we kind of fast tracked to the hope part that, that comes at the end. Now, Hunter wasn't the only one that took a swing at your song and Mm-mm. got the scissors out and chopped <laughs> things and rearranged things for you. So tell me about a few of the other folks that have kind of had a hand in the current version, the current life of this song. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned trust a while ago, and uh, it's really been neat to be invited into a circle of trust and to have someone to bring into that circle. And um, I, I feel very trusted being invited into the Indigenous Ensemble in the first place. And so, so I, I re, I've been really trying to listen well to, to the input. Um, well, there was one guy whose name was Lancelot, and uh, he's a Lancelot songwriter. Lancelot Knight? 
<laughs> yes, that is his name. I love that name. That's if if awesome. he if he ever gets like like the you know if he ever gets some sort of fancy uh, governor's medal or something, and we can call him Sir Lancelot Knight, that would be the best. But well, uh, he's already got a very rock and roll name. He sure does. So so, and he's about seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, he's a very big dude. Yeah, and so you know, so he, I I, I played my song for him and he had a guitar in his hand and I had a guitar in mine and and he was like oh you know you really have to you really have to be so racist <laughs> I was like oh okay. man that's interesting oh and, what was that like? and I said well what do you mean and he says he says well you got this line this line says no longer in the dark about being so white he says oh man you know it's like Poof. we all know what that means now he said if you could say the same thing but say it in a way that is maybe a little less direct, mm. then you might actually open the song up to more people. And so, you know, so I went away from that conversation, and uh, the lyric that, that seems to have emerged and seems to have stayed is no longer in the dark and unprotected in the light, which is still saying how I felt, but saying it in well let's face it it's a better lyric <laughs> so so yeah and uh lancelot lancelot's been amazing to collaborate with uh and there there have been there have been a couple other musicians in that circle that uh that have uh, have changed my life i think uh simply by accepting my extended hand and shaking it with theirs so tell me what's the future of of the song where is it taking you next well, this version of the tune is going to be part of the showcase. We haven't worked out whether it's going to be at the beginning or at the end. Either way, it's a it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty great honor to be part of this party. They're making me a ribbon shirt, which wow. is it's just wicked. Yeah, and so um, after that, you know, because Donnie is an idea man, uh, there's we're we're thinking that we might be able to actually use this song a lot to do the shorter presentations that the Indigenous Ensemble is often invited to do in malls, in schools, and, you know, all those kinds of things. And because, you know, it's a, it's a fairly packed passage uh, that, uh, of, of only six minutes, you can do a lot with it. And, I mean, the, the best part about this, other than, other than the fact that I get to work with it uh, with, with so many people, is that... You know, the song ends with this story about this little girl. And uh, uh, because of where I live, uh, that part of the story is as true as my visit to the museum. I was sitting in the park across the street on uh, National Aboriginal Day last year. And I, I kind of pushed my longboard over there and then, then went and sat there. And, and there were, you know, there was music, there was dancers. It was, you know, it was, it was wonderful. It was, a, it was a great day in the sun. It was the first day of summer. And, and this, little, this little thing walks up. She's maybe two and a half, maybe three. You know, her mom and dad are just, just over there. And, and she kind of walks over and plunks down on the longboard beside me. And, you know, in that moment, I realized that, Reconciliation does have a future in Canada because to this little child, my forefathers being the bad guys in her forefather's story was like a non-fact. Hmm. We were just two people sitting in the sun and 
I like that. I think that's a that's a that's a beautiful way to end such a such a grueling experience as far as the the songwriting and the reading of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report and all that. You know, to to actually have this thing that I can go ah, but you know, there is hope. As dark as this gets, as as disconnected as I feel, as as true as the feeling this is not my story, but it is ours. The fact that. Me and this little kid sitting in the park that day, we're part of the hours. It's, it's a collective thing. It's, it's what it means to be Canadian, is to somehow take this, accept this, and get out of the swamp, right? And I, I just, I love that I get to be part of that journey for somebody. Okay. Let's actually give the song a listen here. This, the title of the song is? It is ours. It is ours. All right, so this is Daryl Dawes Law, and uh, um, we're, we're going to be listening to uh, one of the many versions <laughs> yeah. of this song that uh, continues to live an interesting life. And uh, so thanks for sharing your story with us, Daryl. Thanks for asking.
was Jared and Daryl Dosla out in Saskatoon. You know what? I've gotten to know Daryl because he's a part of the denomination that I am also a part of. Go Free Methodists. Um, and he's just a really great guy. Like a really great guy. He's a good thinker and he cares deeply. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, for what I know of him, that is what I know of him, is that he cares deeply. And so hearing about this project and seeing the work he's done, it's not a surprise to me. Um, that he put him his whole self into it. And so thank you for sharing that story. You know, it's a part of our Canadian history and culture that uh, I don't think the church talks too much about. And it's it's important. And I, I'm grateful that Daryl uh, saw that opportunity and took it. So thanks for the interview. I think it's a testimony um, to being willing to bring yourself to the table. So Daryl really put himself out in the original versions of this song. And if you've ever written a piece of music, you can be quite sensitive about people fiddling around with it. And what I love um, about what Daryl did is he was courageous even in the giving away of his song and allowing other people to put their meaning and their thoughts into it and to make it a part of their own uh, presentation. So it's a it's a beautiful way. If you're an artist out there and you're wondering, what can I do? This isn't a worship song. This isn't something probably people will sing on Sunday mornings. Um, it's a piece of art. And art has so much power. So friends, if you're out there and and you see inspiration and you need someone to encourage you to go after it, we're telling you today, go after it. Do something. Create something. Sing something. Paint something. Write something. And you never know where it's going to go. And this is an incredible story. It's still unfolding. There's still more to come for this song. And uh, I'm excited to be able to share it. And I think one of the most important things about art is that it communicates in a way that oftentimes, you know, words or speaking mm-hmm. or action, there's 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 something that happens when you see a beautiful piece of art or something that stirs something in you. And um, I just, we need creatives around the table. We need people with an artistic bent around the New Leaf Network and we need, the Canadian church needs you. So if you have ever felt that uh, your place in the Canadian church has been relegated to worship on a Sunday morning, which is important. I'm not it saying is. it's not. Yeah. Um, there is more there. And there are deeper depths that we can dive into. And so I, I, I resonate and I, I say ditto to what Jared said. Go and get it, creative friends, because we need, we need you to. All right, friends, this is a big conversation, the New Leaf Network. There's lots going on. Stay connected with us on our website, newleafnetwork.ca. You can connect to us on Facebook and Twitter and maybe perhaps even a slowly improving Instagram page. I should stop bringing that up because... No, it's good. Or is that, does that, that adds a little fuel to the fire? It gets us uh, Yeah, maybe. We just have to, we have to just take better pictures, maybe. Uh, so it's good. Okay, well, we, I'll, we I'll need, try and do that. We need some creatives. <laughs> All right, so if you're out there and you want to take pictures of Canada <laughs> and the church in Canada and <laughs> people starting things. We'd love to have We'd you. love to have them. Uh, email us at info at newleafnetwork.ca. You can attach your pictures there. And, uh, we'll take them. And we'll take it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We'll put them on the fridge. Yeah. We'll put them on the fridge. It'll be great. <laughs> All right, friends. <laughs> All right. That got weird at the end. Let's try and end this so people can go home. Thanks, friends. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. 
We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.